0: This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor.
1: And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Wednesday the 10th of March 2021.
0: And we at the ABC have received more than 100,000 questions about coronavirus since the pandemic began. And another organisation that's been receiving lots and lots of questions from people who are really concerned is Cancer Australia. And so we've got a representative from Cancer Australia here today to help uh, talk about what specific concerns there are for people with cancer in Australia. Welcome, Cancer Australia CEO, Professor Dorothy Keefe. It's an absolute pleasure.
1: So, Dorothy, um, let's start off. Should people with cancer have the vaccine When should they have the vaccine? And who are people with cancer as well? Because lots of people have had cancer in the past. The short
2: answer is people with cancer should have the vaccine as soon as their turn comes up in the rollout program. And we have put in advice collected from experts around the world and from experts in Australia, advice about when different sorts of cancer conditions might be appropriate to have the vaccine.
1: Do you mean on the priority list?
2: I do. So um, most people that we would classify as cancer patients will be in the 1B rollout time because people with cancer have a higher risk of contracting more severe COVID-19 than people
0: who don't have cancer or have not had cancer. That's because their immune system's impacted either by the cancer itself or by the treatment for it. That's exactly right. So some cancers are more
2: prone to upsetting the immune system than others. So, for example, hematological malignancies are worse than solid tumors. Lung cancer is worse than the other solid tumors.
0: Blood cancers and those sorts of things.
2: That's correct. Blood cancers.
1: Okay. So, the, so in other words, most people there. What if you're a cancer survivor and you you're five years out and you haven't had treatment for two or three years?
2: We've worked with the government to change some of those classifications slightly from what you might have seen last week. This week there is um, some newer guidance. And it all depends on which sort of cancer you've had and how long ago you were diagnosed and how long ago you had treatment and what sort of treatment you had. So it's really a matrix of all of those things. It's not just about the time. It's also about the type of cancer, blood versus solid, And the type of treatment, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, targeted therapy, immunotherapy, antigen, you know, the CAR-T therapy, bone marrow transplant, they have different needs, and so they've been differently classified.
1: Okay, now the vaccine itself, there's been a suggestion that people with cancer don't respond in the same way as they're more liable to get serious COVID-19 disease, That they may not respond to the vaccine in the same way. How effective are the vaccines in people with cancer? Because maybe people have said, well, people with cancer should get the Pfizer vaccine because it's more potent for all symptoms than the Astra one.
2: To start with the first bit of that question, the vaccines are probably slightly less effective in people with cancer. And I'm saying probably and might and things here because the evidence is not very clear. As you know, a year ago, we didn't even think we'd have a vaccine for COVID. And now we've got multiple vaccines that have been introduced very quickly. But cancer patients were not generally in the trials. So it's very difficult to say exactly how much effectiveness there will be. But extrapolating from previous studies of previous vaccines in cancer patients, it is highly likely that there will still be a considerable amount of efficacy from the vaccines, just not quite as much as if you didn't have or had never had cancer. And they are very likely also to be safe for the similar reasons.
1: You haven't answered the question about Pfizer versus Astra. So, for example, in Israel, what are they finding with people with cancer or Britain?
2: The second part of the question obviously relates to which vaccine. And again, all the vaccines are probably safe in cancer patients because all of them are inactive vaccines. There, There is, you know, there's this... So
1: I, I understand that, Dorothy, that, 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 that you, we're not injecting the virus. We're only injecting a, a genetic message. So you'd expect them to be safe. Does one vaccine give a better result than another?
2: I don't think so. And I don't think we have the, well, I'm pretty sure we don't have the evidence to know that exactly, but I don't think that one is better than the other in cancer patients from the evidence we've seen so far. There's no signal coming out of, as you say, the UK or Israel saying that one of them is definitely better in cancer patients. I would recommend that people have the vaccine they're offered when they're offered
0: it. So, Dorothy, you've got advice today going out around Australia for people who have cancer, answering frequently asked questions. A lot of them are questions that we have covered uh, to uh, to a great extent on CoronaCast before about what are the vaccines available in Australia? how, How do I get my hands on them? But what are some of the cancer patient specific questions that you have addressed today? So cancer
2: patients are specifically concerned about when they're going to get the vaccine in the priority list across the country and I think we've addressed that now we've we've you know come to an agreement that most cancer patients will be in the 1B time of the rollout. Patients are also concerned about whether their family members and doctors should also be vaccinated at that priority. And I think the answer to that relates to which country you're in. I think if there's a high risk of community transmission in the country you're in, then that would be a good idea. But in Australia where there isn't any community transmission, it's hard to argue that you're likely to catch it from your family or friends or doctors. So that's less of a concern here. I think people were very worried about what time they could have it in association with their treatment. So, you know, if you've had treatment this week, should you have the vaccine this week, or should you wait a couple of weeks before your next treatment to have the vaccine? And again, we're using similar advice to that which we use for other vaccines, that is that if you're having cyclical chemotherapy, you have the vaccine just before the next dose.
1: And do we know, um, just sticking with this theme, let's say you get the Astra and you get it 12 weeks apart, but your bone marrow transplant is two or three months after that. Do you need to get re-immunized after your bone marrow transplant?
2: That's a very good question, actually, Norman. And in fact, with other diseases and vaccines, they do run a post-transplant vaccine program. So even for people who've previously been vaccinated, they get vaccinated again, say, six months later. And we may find ourselves having to do that. Again, definite evidence for this is not yet available. We're going on best estimations from previous experience. But it is quite likely that some of these people will need a booster.
1: Dorothy, that's been fascinating. Thank you very much for joining us on CoronaCast. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Professor Dorothy Keefe is CEO of Cancer Australia. And uh, speaking of vaccines, there's an interesting study taken on the Pfizer vaccine and the variants.
0: Yeah, this um, it seems to be effective at least in the lab against the variant that we've seen coming out of Brazil.
1: Yeah. So what they did was they they did a bit of genetic engineering in the lab. They produced three viruses with those mutations on them. That's the B one one seven, the so called U- UK virus, the South African one, which is B one three five one, and the Brazilian vi- virus, which is the so called P one limi- li- lineage. And they looked at whether or not the uh, antibodies produced by the vaccine would neutralise these variants. And what they found was that there was reasonable equivalence between the neutralisation of the Brazilian and the UK virus and a reduction, as you might expect, with the uh, South African virus. So effective against all three, a bit less against the South African one, but that's good news given that there's pretty strong evidence in Brazil that this is a viral escape mutant.
0: And then just before we finish today, a correction, well, a clarification on something that we said yesterday, Norman. We were talking about, of all things on a, on a podcast about a virus, we were talking about convergent evolution and marsupials. And I think you made some comment along the lines that kangaroos didn't float to Australia on a log.
1: Or float to South America on a log, yes. That in fact, the environment created marsupials. And we've been picked up on this.
0: Yeah. So, someone um, called us out on Twitter saying that it wasn't convergent evolution that marsupials developed independently in Australia and in South America, that they do did have a common ancestor way, way back in the depths of time uh, on Gondwana. But they are often actually used as an example of convergent evolution because since they got separated by uh, the Pacific Ocean, they've evolved in similar ways to occupy similar niches in the environment. So, you've got Things that eat ants and things that live in trees and, and things that kind of glide here and also over there. So not convergent evolution in the way we said it exactly yesterday, but still a pretty decent example of convergent evolution.
1: So we can put part of it back in the pouch and move on. <laughs> anyway,
0: that's all we've got time for on Coronacast today.
1: If you've got a question or a comment, go to the website abc.net.au slash coronacast. Go to ask a question and make your comment and mention Coronacast on the way through so we can pick it up, getting lots and lots of them. And later on this week, we'll have Quick Fire Friday. We will answer a lot of your questions.
0: That we will. And we'll see you tomorrow. See you then. Mm-hmm.